welcome all of you tonight. What a great time in the Lord so far. I want to do a special thank you to our worship team because um, while, of course, we have several of them that are regular members here at the congregation, we had a blessing today because we got a chance to fellowship with many from the broader family of ministries. And just to kind of go across the front, I, I think you're well acquainted with Daniela and Matt from King of Kings and Herzliya. But did you notice also Jamie Bosky from Melech HaMlechim was here today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then on my, on my left side over here was Dustin and Susan Pratt, part of Hosanna Congregation in Germany. They are a King of Kings member as well, and they have a group here, Elke, Sebastian, Teresa. Thank you guys for being here tonight and your whole group from Hosanna. We're so happy to have you tonight. Bless you. We also have some other honored guests tonight uh, with Beit Rachamim and uh, Larry and Bess Herzakal. Good to see you guys and your team. Blessings to you, part of the King of Kings family. We're so happy you're here with your group as well. Other members, welcome home, King of Kings family, several of our other pastors and I see some of our pastors here today, and thank you, Daniel, for translating uh, the, the rest of this sermon. Thank you, friend. Uh, we also have a great group online tonight. Welcome, everybody watching on King's Community Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, other platforms around the world from Australia, Austria, Brazil, Canada, Finland, India, other parts of Israel, Kenya, the Netherlands, Norway, the Philippines, Poland, Portugal, Singapore, Slovakia, South Africa, Switzerland, United Kingdom, United States. Those are the people that told us where they were from. If we missed you, we're sorry. Make sure you put it in the chat field. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we ready to dive into the word tonight? Guys, listen, this is going to be fun tonight. Grab your Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to need to give you a little bit of a rundown. We came off a very big season, and I don't want to let us have any, any letdown tonight. We need our spirits to be sharp. We've been in a series called Battlefields. We're going to continue in that series tonight with a sermon entitled, The Battlefield of Reality. We came off of first the Pesach, the Passover, then unleavened bread, then First fruit season, then we counted the Omer for 50 days. We landed on Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. We were in the middle of our 21 days of fasting and prayer. All of that culminated last week. What an event last week. We got to join together, uh, not only in the summit all day long, we got to be together on Saturday night last week here. We got to be at the Southern Steps Sunday morning, back here Sunday night. And we believe that's just the beginning of birth pains. Lots of contractions before you have a baby, right? The baby is the return of the Messiah. That's what we want. Revival in the world begins with revival in Israel. We know what Romans 11 says, and it was the beginning. So take that, that passion forward, as Pastor Wayne mentioned. Now, so far in this series on battlefields, we've covered the battlefield of the end of the age discussing the physical battles of Armageddon and Jerusalem. We've looked at the, the battlefield of the heavenlies, the demonic powers that hover over the air that we need to deal with. We took a look at that also in our discipleship class, great semester. The battlefield of the mind. We talked about the battle for truth. We spoke about the battle for our children. And tonight we're going to look at the battle for reality itself. And I may venture into some new waters tonight, so I want you to be with me, pay attention, lean into it, pay attention to write it down, whatever you got to do, 
Sometimes when we go into new territory, that's scary. Or you feel like, ah, I don't like it. It's unfamiliar. That's okay. You're going to hear some unfamiliar things tonight. I'm bringing you into new land. I'm bringing you into new territory you may not be familiar with. But write down what we say. Go back, watch in the archives. Look it up in the Word. You're going to find what we're talking about. And I want to open with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the first three verses. That's the main text we're going to start with tonight. And what I want to teach us tonight and introduce, because I won't get all of it done tonight. I'm going to have to do a part two next week. But I'm going to talk about major agendas that the world has right now, major agendas that our culture has. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you a little deeper than that. I'm going to show you that there's actually an overarching agenda that Satan has that incorporates all of the others. But it's not one we look at very often because he doesn't want us to know about this one. We're going to shine a spotlight on this and he's not going to be happy, right? So can we pray? That's a tough message to bring. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we need your help. Father, would you give me help tonight? Holy Spirit, come. Let us only speak the words that are from your heart and your mouth tonight. Let us speak with accuracy. Let us speak with sharpness, like a double-edged sword as it comes out. In the name of Yeshua, help us as a congregation to receive this gift tonight and to be empowered. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 2. Concerning the coming of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. So, of course, we're talking about the return of the Lord and all of the things that lead up to the return of the Lord, but it says here that a rebellion must happen first. So keep your eyes open. A great rebellion has to happen, and the man of lawlessness must be revealed. Now, Pastor Mike and Melissa um, are out of town today celebrating their anniversary. We blessed them with some time off. We're glad they're doing that. And this past Wednesday, Pastor Mike closed out our discipleship class speaking about the spirit of lawlessness and the spirit of the anti-Messiah or anti-Christ spirit. But here what it says in 2 Thessalonians is the end won't happen until there's a great rebellion and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Now, you have to understand that this great rebellion is against God. That's where the great rebellion is aimed. It is led by Satan himself, the ultimate anti-Messiah figure who is long to be seen as an equal to God. So after everything we talk about tonight, when we wrap it up in a nice tight bow, you need to make sure you leave understanding that Satan has always had an agenda. And his agenda is to be seen at the level that God is seen. He doesn't like that God is in a different category. And all of his efforts from ancient days until now and into the future are aimed at trying to Make himself equal with God. That's where it started in the garden. 
Why do you think he tempted Adam and Eve with that? Come on, you can be like God. God's hiding something. It's actually what he wanted. And he was projecting what he wanted on Adam and Eve. They fell for it, of course, and we're still paying the price for that. But he has longed to be seen as an equal of God. And over the next week or two, although it may be a little uncomfortable and a little difficult to enter into some of these new waters, our goal is not to focus on conspiracy theories. There's a lot of good ones around. Check the news out. While some you might believe in and some you might reject, that's not our goal. Our goal is to look at the Word of God and how it impacts the way we live right now. You can apply that however you want to apply it, but our goal is not specifically to grab a conspiracy theory of any type because we don't believe this is conspiracy at all. This is the Word of God being revealed to us. There is a bigger plan that Satan has enacted. And we don't want to be unaware of this. We want to be very aware of what he's doing. 2 Corinthians 2.10. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Messiah for your sake. In order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. This is repeated again in Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Let me give you our first key phrase tonight. There is a satanic agenda behind the sexually perverted agenda that you see today. There, there's clearly a sexually perverted agenda. We're gonna get to a little bit of that, those details. But I don't want you to only see that. I want you to see something much bigger than that. Satan would like to distract us with just one part of the game over here. All the while, he's playing a whole different game. And it's a bigger game. And it goes right back to his rooted desire. I want to be equal with God. And I'm going to tell you how he's trying to do it. We continue to be concerned about where our world and our culture is headed. And after lots of research and study and waiting on the Lord for a long time, I could not shake the feeling that what we were going through simply does not make sense. The LGBTQ community, etc., the pace of the growth of this thing, the push of the media, all of a sudden financial backing and governmental legal support for this, doesn't make sense. There are too many logical gaps of why people are both pushing this so hard and why so many others are blind in accepting this movement so easily. Under the deceitful banners, by the way, of human rights, social justice, tolerance, protecting the marginalized people groups. Those are the banners of lies. Satan puts out a banner and then he sneaks something underneath it. He'll tell you that it's about social justice and helping the marginalized. No, it's not. But that's the banner he wants to use to make it sound good because he's an angel of light masquerading. But under that banner, he's slipping the sexual perversion movement. But even that doesn't add up. It doesn't really make sense. There's a major logical gap 
I knew there had to be a more demonic and sinister motive of the enemy to control people, to rob them of their God-created destiny, and to push the control of the earth, which he believes is his. Now, we covered this a few weeks ago. As a quick recap, Satan believes this world is his because in times past, there was a certain measure of delegated authority that God had given to Satan and other angels to rule. That's written about in the book of Jude. When they did not honor their boundaries, they did not stay in their place of authority, and they overstepped their proper dwellings, God kicked them out of heaven. That means that at some point in the past, they had authority, and they had a proper dwelling in heaven. And when they overstepped those boundaries, God had to kick them out of heaven. And it was through that delegated authority for however long it lasted, Satan grabbed this idea that the earth was his. It was his to rule. And maybe it was for a time. We don't know. But it all starts to make sense and add up. Three times in the Gospels, Yeshua himself speaks of Satan and he says he is the prince of this world. That tells you a little history right there. When the earth was formless and void and, and waters covered the deep and the darkness was there before this current creation came into being by God's spoken word, there was still something hovering in the heavenlies. There was some kind of planetary body. You, you don't have water in the, in the deep and the darkness right there if there wasn't something there. But Satan wasn't making a big ruckus at that point. He didn't come into play with his anger and his deception until God spoke to Adam and said, take dominion of the earth, Adam. Whoa, whoa. When Adam was given the authority of the earth, then Satan shows up and says, wait a second, that's my territory. Now I'm mad. Now I'm gonna start this whole battle for what's coming for the next thousands and thousands of years. Because he believes the earth is his. Even in the temptation of Messiah himself, don't you remember? He comes to Yeshua and he says, if you'll bow before me, I will give you all the nations of the earth. Who said they were yours to give? Could have been Yeshua's answer. But Yeshua already knew what was in Satan's heart. Yeshua knew that Satan believed this earth is his. That's why he's fighting for control so hard. Don't lose sight of the overarching agenda. There's lots of little agendas that want to catch your distraction and catch your attention and get you to look another way. Well, really, he's always wanted control of the earth. He believes it's his, and he wants to be equal with God. That's the root of all of this. 2 Thessalonians 2.4. Satan will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshiped so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. There it is. There's the game plan. That's the blueprint. If you've ever wondered what he's up to, that's what he's up to. He wants to be able to proclaim his own lordship over humanity. And it's the same thing he's always wanted, to be seen as an equal before God. And so now we're talking about this big logical gap and the gap is 
that we've had homosexual activity for thousands of years. This is not new. The logical gap is that we've had a transgender cross-dressing perversion for hundreds if not thousands of years. Why all of a sudden the push? Nothing new here. There's been an underground movement of sexualization of children in order to promote sex trafficking, pedophilia, and pornography for generations. But all of a sudden, it's in our face every day. Why all of a sudden? It's not new. I'm going to assume for a moment that we as believers in the room already know with biblical conviction that these things I've mentioned are sins. I want to be clear. I didn't mention that list, and I don't want to mention it without being clear. We believe they are clearly sins against God's righteousness, against his law in the Bible. So I'm not going to cover that again. We've covered it many times. They're wrong. They're evil. They're sinful, and they're hurtful primarily to the person who's in bondage to it, and then to the rest of society as well. We've covered that many times. Did you know that in the United Nations right now, in their health council, they're attempting to lower the global age of sexual consent and activity to the age of 14? That's a sexual perversion movement, pushing. And trust me, it won't stop at 14 either. Look back at ancient Rome and the rules that they had about sexual activity with children. 14 will not be the end of this. Can you imagine what is pushing this agenda? But all of a sudden, you know, even though for years we've had mental disorders like gender dysphoria, along with anorexia and bulimia about body image and other uh, physical and psychological issues, we've had these for many years, but all of a sudden there's a push to attempt to normalize all of these behaviors as if they are not a mental or an emotional disorder anymore. 20 years ago, what would have put you in a mental hospital is being celebrated now in the streets. Ah, but the word of God tells you that that's coming. So that shouldn't surprise us or alarm us. It's trying to push us in the direction that says sexual deviancies and perversions are just normal now. On the one hand, it's shocking to watch this attempt to normalize all of these things and to watch the other attempt that if you have a dissenting opinion on any of this, by the way, you have hate speech. You hate people. And I just want to be clear. If there's anyone in the room struggling with any of these sexual perversions, listen to me carefully. The kingdom of God, the people of God, Yeshua himself, us here at King of Kings, we love you. That doesn't mean that you continue in your sin. And let's be really clear. This lie that you were born that way you can't stand on that because you know what? Everyone in here was born that way. Every one of us was born in sin. Every one of us had to make a decision to come to the cross and say, my life is not my own anymore. My rules are not my own. It is your rules I live by, oh great creator. Tell me how you created me. So you can't stand on the idea I was created that way. We were all created a certain way. And all of us 
have to take up our cross daily and follow the Messiah. So we have compassion, we have empathy, we have sympathy, we have understanding. This is not a room full of people that are judging you. This is a room full of imperfect people who had to come to the cross also. But that's not an excuse to keep doing and living a sinful life. So let's just dispel that lie off the table that if we disagree with the lifestyle, that doesn't mean we hate people. That's just a lie. So we're gonna take that off the table. But what should concern us as much, if not more, is why all of a sudden our billionaires Billion-dollar companies, multi-billion-dollar industries like media, education, and the medical providers all finally pouring money into this push for sexual perversions to be normalized. It's been with us for thousands of years. Why all of a sudden are billions being poured into it? Never happened before. Normally in the history of the world, if there was these deviancies, it would be off to the side of society the general population was pretty aware of what was normal and not normal, and they would be marginalized, hidden in the darkness, but now it's paraded in the streets. Now there's an emboldenedness that the enemy feels, that the satanic forces feel. But now what's new, friends, is that billions upon billions of dollars and shekels are being poured into trying to normalize this behavior. That's what we want to talk about. That's not what you hear a lot about. You hear a lot about the perversions, but you never hear much about who's supporting it. Why are they pushing it? Why are the governments on board now all of a sudden? Why are the insurance medical companies jumping in on all of this all of a sudden? Somebody has something to gain. Let's expose it. Let's talk about it. Why now? Let's be very clear that there's a hierarchy pushing both the progressive sexual perversion and culture agenda, and there's a hierarchy behind that pushing an even bigger agenda. Satan is at the top, pushing demonic forces to both infiltrate people through demonic infiltration, if you're not a believer, and to demonic influence those demonic lies from the outside, even if you are a believer. He gets those whispers going in your ear. Satan is pushing the demonic forces to do his work, to push these cultural evils forward. There's also big money players around the world who have a major stake in the game to see these things happen. Let's uncover that. Let's uncover a little bit about what's going on, the agenda and why and who benefits beyond just Satan and his hierarchy. Now, I also want to make a caveat here that there are probably many people around the world who may even believe that they are helping others by being part of this. They may think they're helping the environment. They may think they're helping under the banner of social programs. They may think they're standing up for the oppressed. They're giving a voice to the marginalized in the society. So there could be a certain measure of innocence in some but I want to be really clear, even though there may be innocence in some, there's guilt in many. Because there are people at the top who know exactly what they're doing. This is a targeted approach. Okay, this is not just 
happen to naturally, organically from a grass, grassroots level, it just started to bubble up. No, there are people behind these agendas pushing it with precision and with a plan. They're being part, even the innocent people, unfortunately, they're being lured into what we can call a great delusion. A delusion means where you think one thing's happening, but really a whole other thing's happening and you don't know how you're part of it. You're delusional. You're seeing something that's not accurate. Don't be surprised. The Bible speaks of this as well. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. We've already spoken of the great rebellion, the release of the man of lawlessness. Now let's talk about the great delusion. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. I'm going to emphasize the lie, not a lie. There's a specific one. That's why it says the lie. In all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. What do we want to focus on there in those verses? The lie, not a lie, the lie. We want to focus on the idea that there's a powerful delusion that's being released. We want to focus on the fact that they're delighting in wickedness now. They're not hiding it anymore. They're not ashamed of it anymore. They are doing parades in the street. If you didn't know, this Thursday, just three days ago, there was the pride parade here in the Jerusalem streets. And while there were some protesters about that, it's sad to see that even though we live in the most heavily, densely populated, orthodox, Jewish, religious community in the entire world, they still let it happen. You try to take a payment of welfare away from an Orthodox person, and they will send 500,000 people to block the freeway. You try to make an Orthodox person serve in the army, and they will block this city and lock it down. Where were they? They could have blocked this whole thing. But there is a great delusion. There's something that has become, dare I say it, untouchable. You can say almost anything else you want, but don't you dare touch these subjects of sexual perversions and mental disorders. Don't touch those. Because if you touch those, you have become the devil himself. You're a hater. You're a person of hate speech. You should be put in prison, by the way. Did you hear about the man who was fully into a transgender and homosexual lifestyle? He came out of that lifestyle through the blood of Messiah. He gave his heart to Yeshua. He was set free and delivered in an instant. And he was giving his own personal testimony experience on TV about what the Lord did for him and they arrested him the next day. Because you can't touch that subject. He didn't even say anything about anybody. He didn't say anybody's name, no organization, nothing other than I was set free from that and he was put in prison. It's untouchable. Just two weeks ago, there was a teacher, I think in London, actually. And the teacher was a math teacher, and they were on the board doing math problems. And the two young girls went up, and they did the math problem, and they got it right. 
And he praised them and he said, way to go, girls. He got fired because he said, way to go, girls. They're girls. Untouchable. Can't touch it. You see what the enemy's done here? He's put this protective demonic shield around his agenda because he's pushing something even more devious. And he needs this one to get to that one. It's a lie, the lie, the powerful delusion, the delight in wickedness. And why all of a sudden has all of this become acceptable? Remember, tonight we're talking about the battle for reality. Don't lose sight of what we're talking about. There's never been another time that we can remember when it's been okay to parade in the street and advertise your sexual activity. When has that ever happened? A parade? that we need to know about your sexual activity? How perverse is that? And even more awful, when has that ever happened where children were invited to these sexual parades? What, what, are, we, what are we doing? We have lost our mind. We have lost all sense of reality itself. There is a battle for reality. And Satan is laughing at everyone. Look what I did, he would say. They don't know up from down. They don't know left from right anymore. They can't even tell a man from a woman anymore. And he's laughing all the way at what's happening. Again, we've had sexual perversions for a long time, pornography, homosexuality, transgenderism, cross-dressing, pedophilia, sexualization of children, sex trafficking. The question is, why has billions of dollars begun to pour in in support of these perversions, and why do the supporters and governments support this now? I want to take a quick aside to recognize that the enemy has been playing the two different games at the same time. Most of us are aware of the sexual ones that I've already talked about in this agenda. In the one direction, we see them, the industries. But in another direction, he has, he's planning something far more controlling. There's a controlling agenda that he wants to push. There's a deeper motive. And part of his motive, follow my train of thought here, is he wants to erase boundaries. Why? Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to drill down and build these bricks one brick at a time, and it's going to make sense. So let's first start with erasing the gender boundary. He wants to erase the boundary. He doesn't like boundaries, remember. God is all about the holy being separate from the common. Satan hates that principle, by the way. God wants six days of work and a holy day of Sabbath. God wants a lot of the year being common and then the holy seven holidays. God wants a definition of marriage inside this box, right? God is a God of definition. He says to the water at creation of the oceans, you can come this far and then no more. There's a boundary. He distinguishes the high priest from the Levites and the Levites from the people. He distinguishes Israel from the nations, the seasons. God is a God of definition and boundaries. He loves clarity. He does not like gray. Satan loves gray. He wants to erase boundaries, make it all one big group. 
He wants to erase genders. How does he do it? Well, let's first look at the men. He wants to emasculate men. He wants to feminize men. If you need some examples of this, just watch any TV or movie program. And what you will find are men, husbands, and fathers were always made to look inept and therefore untrustworthy as leaders of their family. First, let's make the men undercut so they can't lead. Satan's behind that. And if you do happen to display any sense of manhood called toxic manhood, can't do that. Can't actually be a man because they're going to call you toxic. So therefore, they're pushing men into a feminized category. Promoting homosexuality feminizes men. Promoting transgender lifestyles feminizes men. Promoting men to take hormone therapy for the rest of their life feminizes men. Dressing like women feminizes men. Now you might say, well, what about the other side of the coin? Is this happening to the women? It is, but it's even worse. Let me tell you what's happening to the women. Satan is certainly trying to masculinize the women. He's trying to make them more masculine, absolutely. But what's different about the women is God is trying to erase womanhood altogether. Satan is fine with a man who is actually living like a woman. He's okay with that. But he wants to erase women altogether. Mm, think about it. How? Well, it'll come under a banner that sounds like this. We would like to free you from all of the bondage and the hardships of being a woman. That's what it's going to sound like. We want to free you from that bondage in order that you might be equal with men. Because after all, you should be equal with men. First of all, we already have a lie that's sewn into that. You understand? Give you a little half-truth and then mix it in with a lie. We all know we have equal value before God, but that doesn't mean we have the same roles. And he's mixing the two languages at one time. And Satan might say, women, listen, you are, you are oppressed by your monthly cycle. We can fix that. Women, you are oppressed by having pregnancies. We can fix that. You don't have to deal with the pain of childbirth anymore. We can fix that. You know what? There are barriers on your career, women, because of all of these women things. We can get rid of those barriers if you'll give us the control of your biology. We will fix all of your oppression for you. Give us the control of it, and we'll fix it. All of a sudden, you have not only the masculinization of women, you have the erasing of women altogether. Those of you that follow any of the news, we used to have men's sports and women's sports. Now what do we have? Men's sports and trans men's sports. What did we do? We erased the women. Guys, this is where this is going. Pay attention. Getting rid of the women altogether. I don't know where the feminists in the world are. Where are you? Those that want to scream and shout and parade that you fought for all of these great rights for decades, where are you? 
because Satan is erasing you altogether. Then we're going to have a bunch of feminized men and really no women at all. Who's going to fight in that army? There are armies around the world who cannot get enough volunteers now because they feminize the army so much. These woke companies, look, it's not hard. Just Google any news site, the woke companies and what they're trying to do to force this down your children's throat. Make it normal so that when they're grown, they will not think it's strange. They're normalizing all of this. Women, they're trying to erase you all together. And all of this together is a major attack on womanhood and motherhood. So why? So that the agenda can not only control your life, they can control all reproduction, therefore control all population. I told you there's a bigger agenda behind just the sexual perversions. They want to control all people, all reproduction, and all population. Because Satan's goal has always been to be the Lord of this earth. And he needs the control, unified, unified control in order to do it. Yeah, we could talk about one world governments. We know where that's going. But they have to have control first. And they're putting all the lies out there. We've even seen a shift in feminism, right? Right, guys? Feminism is no longer the elevation of women to the value in which God gave them and advocating for their rights in society. That's what it used to be when it started. That's not what feminism is anymore. What is it now? Now, it is the narrow definition of devaluing motherhood and femininity as to only give value to women who work outside the home and act like men. If you act like a man and you work outside the home, you're accepted. I just did an interview for the university, the Hebrew University, and the interview was about femininity in the body of Messiah today. I told them that exact quote. Of course, they didn't call it the body of Messiah. They said, your religion. How does your religion view today's femininity or feminism? And I said, well, feminism is no longer what it used to be. This is what it is now. And I said, ooh, they didn't like, didn't like that. Didn't like it at all. But that's what it is now. If you are a mother producing children, staying at home, building a, a home, and you have any sense of that Proverbs 31 woman coming out of you, you are not a woman anymore because they're trying to erase you. If you will cut off your womanhood, no cycles, no babies, no pregnancy, not bound to the home at all, not caring about the children at all, go work in the workforce, oh, now you're a woman, welcome. Because you're more acting more like a man. Erasing womanhood altogether. You might say erasing genders, what does it do? Well, it disconnects people from the natural and the spiritual world. Satan is trying to disconnect us from the natural world. He wants to us to live in a place that is completely boundaryless. What does that sound like? Lawlessness. The spirit of lawlessness has been released. That's why he doesn't like boundaries. He doesn't like definitions because he cannot rule in a lawless way if there are natural order of things. So he's gonna erase all the boundaries. He's gonna move the sexual movement, the feminism movement. He's moving everything now. 
No definitions. He wants to erase all of it. And now we find ourselves in a battle for reality itself. The truth, according to the world, is not real. There is no truth. It's all relative. Gender, it's not real either. Morality, it doesn't exist. Natural realities of the earth, no longer a problem. Nothing defines us. Logic and common sense don't exist anymore. And obviously, natural order is being eroded daily. Why? Because there's a bigger agenda of erasing all definitions so that the man of lawlessness can do what he wants to do. Which is, if you can swallow this for a moment. Here we go. We're in some new territory now. I'm already in dangerous territory. What does it matter now? Satan wants to be God. And in order to be God, he has to create a new humanity. If he acknowledges the humanity that God created, it automatically puts him as subservient to the creator, and he doesn't want that. So he has to make up a new humanity. And in order to make up a new humanity, he has to first erase all the definitions of the old humanity so that we will voluntarily give up our control to technology and biotechnology. We don't need a woman's womb anymore. We can grow children in the lab. We don't need God-given DNA strands. We'll make up the DNA combination in a lab. Women, you are free to do whatever you want now. You're not under the oppression of being a woman. Men, you no longer have to be a man or a leader of your home. You can be whatever you want. You want to be a woman? Be a woman. You want to be a five-year-old little girl? Be a five-year-old little girl. You want to be a furry and dress up like a bear and go to work? Go for it. There are no boundaries anymore. Do whatever you want. Because he's erasing humanity as we know it so that he can infuse a new humanity that he gets to be the creator of. This movement This larger agenda overall is called transhumanism. Let me read a definition of transhumanism as we close. Transhumanism is the continuation of evolutionary thought that seeks to progress to the next stage of technology which melds humans with machines. Erasing humanity as we know it. We know the battles are coming. Zechariah 12, the battle over Jerusalem. Revelation 19, the rider on the horse with his armies. Revelation 20, battle of Gog and Magog. We know it's all coming. And since Satan cannot reproduce demons, right, at the fall, remember? However many demons there were in the beginning, there are still. He can't reproduce them, but he needs to build an army. And he's going to try to build a new humanity that he gets to be the Lord of. He gets to rule over and that he believes he will collect the nations of the world with their governments to fight against Messiah. Why? Because he's always wanted this earth and he wants to be seen as an equal to God. It is the overarching agenda that Satan has always had. The sexual perversion is just one stage that he's trying to convince us of to erase the boundaries so the man of lawlessness can take control. 
I'll close with this second definition of transhumanism and then we'll pray. Transhumanism is also the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. Where we're going to go next week is we're going to jump off right there with transhumanism. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the word. I'm going to help you to understand that the way technology and biotechnology is going, now you understand why all the billionaires are behind it, right? Now it makes sense. What does a billionaire gain if someone decides to cross-dress? They don't gain anything by that. But the medical community gains hundreds of thousands of people who will forever be on medical treatments for the rest of their life. Putting them in bondage, not just for now, forever. Oh, that's why the medical community jumped in. That's where their billion dollars came from. Because a drug company said, oh, hmm. If I sell this to them, they have to have my medication for the rest of their life. If I give them this surgery, medical community, they're going to need 20 more surgeries. And we make lots of money. The great delusion. And it's going to progress even to more dangerous territory, guys. Because what's going to happen eventually is there's going to be an effort, and there already is an effort. Did you hear about the, the uterus transplant? Took a uterus out of a woman and put it in a man and put a baby through insemination in that man so that he could have the baby? If you're not awake, you need to wake up. This is not coming. It's already well down the tracks. And we're trying to get you to focus, wake up to this agenda. There's a point coming. Listen, this is where it's going to land eventually through technology, biotechnology, medical community, education, indoctrination. Where the idea of living as a surrogate is how they want to do it. That's the true end of all transhumanism. A surrogate means you can download my conscious thoughts and put it in a computer and I can activate anything I want that robot to do and I can make that robot look like anything I want the robot to look like. So I could be a 48-year-old white male, but if I choose, I could be a 15-year-old African female and all of my conscious thoughts are downloaded and I'm giving it instructions so that it can go out and it can be me. Do you understand? That's how Satan tricks the world. If he can get you to think there's no definitions, then why is that any different? And the danger with that is that's a new humanity that Satan wants to rule. It's called transhumanism. Look it up, do a little research. I know it sounds odd. I know it sounds sci-fi. It sounds so far out there. I get it. But there's a reason Satan's been hiding it for so long. Because he doesn't want you to get it. But you can see the steps along the way. Would you stand with me as I pray? I know this was a hard one, guys. Like we always say, we're not here to impress you on Sunday. We're here to help you on Monday. You better go back and watch this archive quick. This one's going to be taken down. Not by us. We won't take it down. You'll, you'll, find, you'll find people who don't want this sermon to be out there.
Oh, we're just coming to the Lord. Let's engage with the Holy Spirit for a moment. Holy Spirit, we need your help. These are some big things, big topics, scary things. The enemy wants to intimidate. He wants to lie. He wants to cover up. That's his native tongue. But Father, you give us the wisdom to not fall victim to Satan's schemes and tricks. This doesn't surprise you, God. You knew this was coming. You knew his motive from the beginning to exalt himself above God, to create his own humanity, to wage war against the Messiah himself. He needs an army. But we are aware of his devices. Would you give us greater wisdom, greater insight, greater revelation, how everything is gonna work, God? We don't know, we don't have to be experts, but what we do have is the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have one another to shed light in dark places. God, we pray that you would give us a love for people we've never had before, a love to rescue them from the fire with our words and our deeds and our heart. We hate no one. We hate no one. But we love them enough to snatch them from the fire. And God, we know that you love us just like we are. But you also love us enough not to leave us that way. And we pray that you do something mighty in all of our life, our family's lives, those we love, those we know, Use us as a light in a dark place, we pray today in Yeshua's name. Amen. Come back for part two. Next week, we're going to go a little deeper into these things.